0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Reckless speculation, River City Media. We're usually on here and we're the impartial guys. But tonight, you've got two alumni, two boosters, two season ticket holders going to talk about Storming Nealon, Robbie Davis, John Randall Cunningham. And Robbie, I cannot emphasize what a crazy magical night that was. <sighs>
1: It was the best sporting event, probably the best event I've ever been to. No, it was. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of, um, you know, different atmospheres, the Georgia Hail Mary, the Florida upset in 04. Um, my sports life doesn't go back near as far as you yours does. Uh, but yet, I mean, that's the first time I've stormed the field. And just from the from game day, from the, and this, this was, and especially us as Tennessee fans, Tennessee, you know, students and now fans, taking a step back, and from the very, very top uh, from the president, to the Chancellor, to the 80, to the coaches, to the security, to, and we'll get into more of that. Like, it was a – just everyone on the same page as far as if this happens, we were going to enjoy it and we're going to embrace it and make sure everyone's safe.
0: Yeah, I've got a great story uh, we'll get into it at the end of the game. Uh, you know, I am handicapped. I've never made a, I have a uh, had a car wreck a few years ago and probably don't walk – that great and I can't I can't move like I used to but um, I got a story of the police actually helping me onto the field at the end of the game yeah, so. t-
1: tell tell that story whenever you're ready uh, okay well, 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 got, do we want to talk about the build up the game first let's,
0: let's talk about the build up and the kick and everything and then we'll talk about Starman in the field first of all uh, when you say I have been to a Super Bowl I've been to a World Series I've been to a national championship game But for a sporting event, as great as all that other stuff was, even I was at the uh, Titans and Rams Super Bowl, and I didn't have a rooting interest in either side. So uh, this I have a total rooting interest in. It went up down the field. Um, Alabama fans talk about, oh, you charge the field. We would never charge the field. But to me, it was the biggest compliment in the world that we would charge the field after beating Alabama, we didn't charge a couple of weeks ago after beating Florida, but it was a, there's something different about Alabama-Tennessee that night, wasn't there, Robbie? In my heart, I mean, it felt different.
1: Oh yeah, well, and I, I mean, I told you right before we came on stage. Look, I'm 38. Um, I went to school for a lot longer than most people, but this was the first Monday of my career that Tennessee's beat Alabama. Yeah. This was the first time since I was a student in 06 that we beat Alabama. It was, we were in the courthouse this morning. It's what everyone was talking about. Um, It would people, I mean, you saw it was on, I think good morning America or like this, this was, this, this, this was, different than just sport this was a city a fan base just an atmosphere whether it be the orange and and look like you know you joke about a sea of orange that's what it looked like it looked like and I hate to get corny uh with the rising tide but it looked like the uh, the tide rose of an orange sea as it came across over the grass in Neyland Stadium it was it was Amazing and a, a a unique perspective to both get to see it happen and then get down there. Um, but yeah, the whole build up and um,
0: it was it, it was perfect. If it, it, it was the emotional ride of the last seven minutes added to the explosion that a heart occurred. Not going to go through the whole game. Everybody's going through the game, and I'm sure we will on reckless speculation. Wednesday night at 9 o'clock here on River City Media. But you get to seven minutes to go in the game, and you're tied. And Tennessee gives up the fumble six. And you would think the energy would come out of the building, but it didn't. And I think it took one completion till the crowd was back at 120 decimals. Yeah, it it was –
1: you know, I – we tied. The game was tied. I went up to go to the bathroom get, get a beer. That was the fourth quarter, I think. So I probably went up to the bathroom. I came down and I was like, what in the heck happened? How are we behind now? And, yes, I completely agree with you. You would have thought, like, those kids, the fans, everyone brought it. Every single defensive play. Yeah. Not Not every third down. Not every big play. Literally every play. It was deafening in there. And yet they didn't lose hope. And and part of it is just this offense that we have. And it is, look, there's no more, you know, hey, if, if we go down two scores or a score or we have to be perked, this offense is unbelievable. And um, I don't know about you. I mean, what were your thoughts Is Hyatt just kept getting open and open and open? And this is not against – all due respect to Florida, th- th- this is against Alabama and Nick Saban, who while he's not the defensive coordinator, he is a de facto D. I mean, he's the guy that's going to put in what we want to run and they'll run it. It it was,
0: it was just amazing what Hypel drew up. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. I kept thinking – uh, that the guy standing on the sideline is a special young coach that we need to get wrapped up and, and design things. And, and, and I sat in the south end zone, and thank God I sat there because I think three of Hyatt's touchdowns came right in front of me, including his 80-yarder. And yeah. uh, I also thought uh, scoring, uh, at, when it was 21-0 at, or 21-7 at half, about to go in half, I thought Alabama played their hearts out to get back in that game. Alabama yeah. quit right then. And uh, and we'll go to the end of the game after this and, and the field goal. But uh, Bryce Young is on my list of best five college football players I've ever seen. And I told an Alabama fan that list consists of Herschel Walker, Bo Jackson, Tim Tebow. There's some pretty special names on there. Reggie White. And, and Bryce Young. And as much as I love Hedden Hooker, Bryce Young is able to do something that I've never seen a quarterback do. Run around. He's I, I compared him to Kyler Murray, six foot two. Uh just an incredible athlete.
1: Yeah, and he, he kept Alabama in that game. And um I agree with you. He he played magnificent coming off. And this is a guy with a hurt shoulder who missed yeah. the last two games. Um oh if he you know it was questionable if he was going to play or not if he doesn't play that game is a boat race it i mean he kept him in there and just yeah he was a magician escaping from trouble and just getting literally dancing around until people got open um i walked away with him and prepped. i mean to think that i mean that that was a heck of a game and the guy across had a better
0: game, which is just phenomenal. That that was. Um, one more thing, and I, I'm sure – we don't have to get into this now, but we will at Reckless Speculation again on Wednesday. We'll have our normal show, but this will be part of it. Uh, is Tennessee the first team – and I got this question from Alabama. Um, he's a media type. Is Tennessee the first team that's been built out of the portal to be a national championship contender?
1: Well, you have LSU a few years ago. Um who the they didn't up. get uh, Did Burrow not was did yeah. Burrow not come through the
0: portal? Uh, well, the portal opened the next year where they were free to transfer. Burrow actually transferred as a grad transfer. He graduated and then left.
1: So he did like the Russell Wilson thing.
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay,
1: okay. So, well, yeah, then yeah, I guess so. Um, what's funny is you know, Hooker was a Pruitt guy, uh, yeah. and hype. You know, he brought in Milton, and then it just kind of worked. Um, that Hooker's won the day, and then look, the Hyatt Hooker, and then look, we did this without Tillman. And yeah. when so, like, in this age of college football, and with the rules. And the speedy offenses and, you know, the substitution. We've seen, like, Chip Kelly, we've seen Urban, we've seen uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, even Ryan Day. We've seen these coaches that can get people, spread them out and get them open in, in space. I'm not sure I've seen a coach design plays that get guys Open in space, downfield, and, and just like some of them are, you know, great throws, and some of them are, oh my gosh, how is this guy still wide open? Like, it's it's amazing to watch Heupel's play calling and, and the motions and just getting people on the matchup he he exactly wants.
0: And I don't know if Heupel invented something, and if you ever. I know he's quite a controversial figure, but one of the best followers on TikTok is Jason Brown, former independence from uh Last Chant You. Uh yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about one of Hyatt's touchdowns today. He's like, This is simple offense, guys, but they run it to perfection. And going through one of the play calls, he said, I used this at independence 10 years ago, but they do it different. You know, so mm. all right, Rich Well Jackson. they
1: they he spread them out like, so far to the sidelines. and it's,
0: Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah. All right, Robbie, so um, we're going to wrap this up, everybody, for Monday Night Football, if you're staying with us. Rikers, Alabama gets the ball. Rikers drives the other end of the field. Alabama had some questionable clock management. Um, everybody blaming the refs, all that stuff. I'm not into – I think there was equally some questionable calls on both sides. But I tell you, if I'm Alabama, I'm killing myself today because when they're in first down and 10 and the clock's running down, uh, Gibbs does not get a carry, and they throw the football three straight times and leave that 15 seconds on the clock and try to kick the field goal. Robbie, I think I give Gibbs a touch then.
1: You know, do you think – and and I know they're focusing, you know, on the play at hand. On the, do you think that kick six was just even the slightest little bit in the back of their mind? They did not want a long field goal to end the game. And cause I agree, with, like, that was, like, if you run it, you, you get a, a long field goal or overtime – but that was that was uncharacteristically bad clock management, and you know, if you give that Tennessee team the ball with any time on the clock, it, one play can be broken, and so it was it was weird to throw it those three times and to throw. I mean, I guess you like you said you have one of the best players in college football. Maybe you say, "Hey, I'm rotting my stud," but I'm it okay. sure seemed like. Gibbs, you give gives the ball, get get a little closer, and even if it's a longer field goal, then um, you take it. But once once he missed, Tennessee had the confidence.
0: Yeah, it, it, Rich, we're about to address this in, in the next. But you're right, the 17 penalties on Alabama. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get to that, Rich, in just a second. All right, Rockers misses a field goal. 15 seconds to go. Uh, the big play of that is the first completion to get to the 50-yard line, Robbie. Nine seconds at the 50-yard line from from the 15 seconds at the 30 to nine seconds at the 50 was an eternity to me and changed yeah. the whole collection of what Tennessee was going to
1: do. Yeah, well, uh, for those that don't know, uh, we were actually sitting on opposite end zones. So I was yeah. sitting – uh, behind the post where Alabama missed the field goal. Randall was sitting on the one where Tennessee made the field goal. And so just we both had really good views of as the kick went up, where it was headed, uh, and we'll, we'll get to that later. But, yes, once you get to the 50, then you're like, all right. Because then it gets to you have options there. You, have, you can run up and then turn around and jump back into a cornerback, get a pass interference. We had a timeout left, so any the middle was open. Uh, and obviously, in uh, college, it stopped after the first down, so yeah, throw it past the sticks. You have three options. Uh, what? You have, you have three options. None of them are terrible as long as I'm going to pick six. Either they intercept, it's overtime. If you get a PI, it's first down, you're kicking the field goal. If you get a first down, clock stops, you have a timeout, and – they probably they with the home field, they had probably time to clock it. They probably could have snapped it with a second left. Um but but yeah, but I mean that was that puts you in position to at least attempt to win.
0: And if you miss the pass, you have Joe Milton coming in like he did to end the first half and yeah. flipping one fifty yards and trying to get a Hail Mary, which they already they almost completed the Hail Mary mm-hmm. to close the first half. So uh, we're, 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 we're there, um, and I told Raj, our friend, a mutual friend and a member of Reckless Speculation, uh, a Virginia Tech transfer to a USC transfer, first down, two seconds to go, mm-hmm. and a USC transfer comes in to kick the 42-yard field goal or the 40-yard field goal. It, uh, to be honest with you, I think it was 40 because they said 40 is his number. And uh, I'm gonna play you a clip, Robbie. This was from my perspective, everybody. In this clip, you can only have 30 second clips. If you want to see all the clip, go to River City Media or go to Randall.cunningham-5 on uh, TikTok. Uh, I've got a couple of two minute clips uploaded, but um, I wanna I just wanna paint the scene for you. And this it's not folks, this was done on a cell phone, it's not CBS quality. But definitely, I want you to see this. Robbie Davis. From your angle, did you think the kick was good coming off his foot?
1: So yeah, so it didn't sound great. It didn't look great. Um, it was coming and I knew it was on target. I didn't know if it had the distance. And it was one of those there were, you know, the crowd goes crazy. And then cause it, even though it's in like, you know split seconds but you've everyone's ever seen every field goal kick goes over or wherever it goes refs look at each other to confirm they saw the same thing but the students they they saw go over you just like the cop in the back or the security that caught it he puts his hands up first then the students go up and then the refs look at each other then they finally put their hands up and it's then that's where the fireworks go. But yeah, so, the, but just those small delays, like the emotions you have in your head watching it all was, was fantastic. Cause I thought it went over, but you could not tell from where I was sitting. Cause it was cl- so close and it was a low duck twisting sideways
0: going over. So, from my end, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it hit the cross, I thought it was going to hit the crossbar. And if I'd have been on your end, I'd been worried, did it go under the crossbar and look good, but it cleared the crossbar. And if you go look at that full video, it clears the crossbar six inches. And and, um, I'm thinking it's about to hit the crossbar. We're about to go to overtime. And when it it clears, there is literally, folks, I'm sitting in six and L. The students are in K. There is a rush of humanity towards the field that is <laughs> I mean uh not Florida ninety eight it was much faster, much harder, much more I than- watched that I
1: watched some of those videos for about 45 minutes today, just the people and just the comments. Twitter has been it's been great and um it it was all I mean it was just well well one and kudos to um the Tennessee security and the police. They Alabama got off the field quickly. The band though, did you see that? The band did get stuck. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, That's this is the best
0: moment right there, isn't it?
1: Yeah, this this is what a, a athlete looks like and a non-athlete compared <laughs> side by side.
0: I, I looked at that picture and I went, one's fantasy and one's real. One's playing. um <laughs> uh, one's playing real.
1: Uh, yeah, he could have just put put my forehead, put his head on my forehead and let me try to punch him and I couldn't reach him. I love this picture. Uh, uh, oh, How yeah, no, it was.
0: Y'all to get down. Oh,
1: man, you know what is literally I had the cigar in my pocket as soon as the field goal went in, uh, flipped it, flipped it up, lit it. And then we were going down to help people light some cigars It didn't really light her in and then um it probably took i don't know man time was so probably 10 15 minutes to just get down and then um we the, the first goal post so the goal post on your side had fallen and then we got on and then literally the time we made it to the end zone the the goal post on our end was coming down um but yeah i mean it it's hard to you know we, we keep saying we keep we keep explaining it but then preface it with it it's it's not accurate the words can't put it and in, in, there's a,
0: no words you, you make a living with your language and you there's no words that you can get to describe it yeah. so here was my story at the end of the game yeah. the kick's good. I wait um about 60 sec or it's, it's about a minute and um I'm six four. 330 and i've already said I'm, I'm i'm i've got 66 screws in my back my friend andrew uh howard who sits with me uh trained brazilian j- j- jiu-jitsu fighter looks at me and goes let's go and i go i'm gonna be the only three-time charger of neyland stadium in history and here i go i got down to the field man and um I saw a clip from President Randy Boyd where they're talking, asking him about the damage done. He said, doesn't matter. Yeah. When I got down there, my friend goes over. He grabs a couple of students and, a, and goes, he's 56, handicapped. Get him down. The police officer standing there, here's my friend, and comes over and my friend, the police officer, and two students sets me down an eight-foot ledge Like I am a baby in my mama's arms. The officer patted me on the back and sent me on my way, man. That that was what that was supposed to be about.
1: Oh yeah. And 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 that's what I said earlier. Like, yeah, from Boyd on down to plowman to White, Highple, Knox County, City of Knoxville, everyone, they were on the same page. But let everyone enjoy it. But yeah, that's an awesome story. Do you want to share your other story? Which one?
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, I'm going to show the I'll share this one, then I'm gonna show the video. You're talking about the uh uh look folks, I don't drink and I'm a non-drinker and and um um I, I was designated driver for three other people and uh we got pulled over about two thirty that night. And uh, I was taken to the cops, the police officers, very nice officers, by the way, putting on the on the hood of the car. And they were like, that car smells like breathalyzer. We see at least seven open containers. And I'm like, I'm not drunk. You've got to breathalyze me. I understand. Police officers the whole time are talking to me and they give me my breathalyzer and they go, well, you you really aren't drunk, are you? And I was like, no, ma'am. And uh they wrote me a warning ticket and sent me on the way Robbie. Uh and actually thanked me for being at the DD for those Nobody was trying to get hurt and that's that's good police officers too.
1: That that is good police officers and for people wondering uh if you do not know, Tennessee is one of the few states where passengers can consume alcohol in a car. Yes. But with a caveat, you can only have the open containers must be limited to how many passengers are in the car. So you well, can't I, have what, what, what Randall did was have people double fisting it. <laughs> and that's what got him in trouble and got him the warning because, they, well, you had someone three fisting it. I don't know <laughs> yeah. uh, who was in the car with you.
0: I, I but, don't know. Uh, if they
1: had
0: that many bottles or if they just were trying, but it was a bunch. I'll put it that way. Yeah. It was. I remember getting back in the console and I picked up the console and there was a open beer in the console and we closed it down. And like I said, um, I was, I was, I, I was not drinking. Uh, Tom, my cigar was bought right before the game. Um, uh, and one more story we got to tell Robbie in 2019, there was a Knoxville News Sentinel article article about me and the cigar tradition and that I hadn't smoked them and I had broke all my cigars. Uh, I sent Blake Toppenmeyer that used to work for the Knoxville you no know, an email this morning saying that I had smoked one, and he sent me back a huge congratulations and then uh, said he might mention it in his article. So it, it's a good deal. Uh, yeah, it, it was the first
1: time in about 10 years that I've taken one to the game, uh, even with a hope to win, yes. much less. I took – The cigar and the lighter this year and that's just what kind of vibe it was in knoxville Uh, the the spread seemed i mean and not uh, i yes us ut fans are going to be cocky we're going to be annoying for a while because we haven't we have been here but it's been a long time uh but yeah, I mean the spread seemed crazy. I mean, even though a play here, or there, they could have covered, but that's how gambling goes. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story real quick. So, I have a friend um, who she was tailgating with us, and she's like, "Oh, how do I get into this sports betting?" You know, she's kind—I of, kind of want to put some money on the game. And I said, "Well, I was like, Barstool's actually doing a thousand-dollar risk-free bet on uh, if you bet on the Vols." If you want to just do that, I was like, you got to deposit a thousand though, and then I'm not sure. I was like, most of the free bets I've got have been like real long shots, and I've lost them. But I I, I walked her through it. She got it. um, Ended up doing money line and hitting it for plus two seventy, I think. So, so yeah, she she came out a really nice winner. She uh, bought me beers on Sunday morning
0: at Copper Cellar uh, while I had brunch. I did the I did the uh, DraftKings uh one game special. <clears throat> Not where you go through and pick it, but they had one that yeah. was Tennessee plus two and a half uh in the first quarter, plus three and a half at halftime, uh money line to win, plus over twenty nine points, and it hit. So uh uh I wanna play one more video and then we'll get some final thoughts. Uh folks, we know the Monday night football is about to kick off, but We'll get you there, but here's the video after I've made it to the field and the first of the good cops that I met, that police officers I met that night and I do not mean that derogatory. These were some wonderful people that helped me onto the field. We go to the scene and you're gonna hear some foul language and most of it's coming from me, so don't pay no attention. Anyway, Robbie, after that, I got underneath the goal post at some point and I reached up and grabbed it and wrote it just for a minute. So,
1: very um, guys, I don't,
0: I don't know if it's the greatest win in Tennessee football history, but it's the best, it's the greatest win in the Randall Cunningham 30 years of season tickets. Um, compliments to the Alabama folks again. Uh, we ended up tailgating with some Alabama folks before and after. Uh, the good Alabama B- mm-hmm. folks are like the good Tennessee folks. are good people. Yeah. Sure, he has bad fans. We They do too. But the experience I had was great with the Alabama folks.
1: Um, yeah. Well, I mean, most of them that come to the games are your good fans, uh, especially away games. Uh, and with that ticket price um, to get in, it was hefty. And so, yeah, we, we also had some Alabama fans that parked at our uh, parking lot. And um, we invited them into the apartment and, and tailgated or after the game. And they, I mean, look, it's a whole different spectrum. They, they win so much. Yeah. And that they, they know when they lose, it's a huge deal for the team that beats them. Yeah. Um, and so while and and these were younger kids uh kids now say probably in their early 20s uh yet yeah, they don't view Tennessee as a rivalry
0: yeah.
1: yet you know yeah. and ho- hopefully that yet is is, is a big thing. Um, and going back to wins and where this stands um look, there's no sugarcoating it. Tennessee has been burnt and burnt and burnt um, with hope and failure in the last decade and a half. Um, a mid-level, think,
0: mid-level, bad football program, yeah. a '60s football. Pro- yeah, that's why I'm ranking us out of the 120. We were yeah. six and six program.
1: Yeah, I. With, I just randomly not I'm not important. I don't I didn't have access to any of these guys, but I just saw the you know the recruits with their tags on and um just went up to a couple of them and were like look at this like how could you not want to come here and they just were like yeah it's amazing and so I think hypo loves Knoxville and you know, we'll we'll probably get into this more later on different shows. Um, I think he, I don't think he has NFL dreams, or at least not in the foreseeable future. So we may look at this, and this is getting back to where does this rank on Tennessee wins? This may be a turning point. Um, look, we've got another huge one in three weeks, um, but that's at Athens. This was a home game. We needed to win, and we won,
0: and the whole country was watching. Yeah, Robbie. And right now, I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like we're playing with house money. We're in Vegas, and we hit we hit eleven green uh, six times in a row, and we're going to keep playing it until it doesn't hit. And you know, um, I sent I sent a group text uh, to all of our friends that show Tennessee is projected. To the BCS play. It's not BCS, it's the national playoffs. Uh, this team was unranked to start the year. Um, I don't know that anybody's ever went from unranked to the playoffs. The path is clear, and I think it's even if you lose at Georgia and you hold service with everybody else, and you're eleven and one, and Georgia and Alabama plays in the playoffs. That, they're still pretty good, and, and that's what the projection was, is basically Tennessee would be the second team in from the SEC along with the SEC champion in um, Clemson and Ohio State. To think we are here 18 months ago, and, and honestly, you and I had a, a battle one day over Tex when I kept saying, I think we're going to go to a bowl, and you were like, this is a three-win team into 21 season. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: No. Yeah, I've, I don't, I don't, I, I am wrong a lot. I don't know if I've ever been so wrong about Hypo and what he's been able to do here. Um, this, this is year one and a half and they're ranked third, fourth, they're a playoff contender. And uh, um, yeah, I saw something in, um, Posted and shared, shared with me. I can't remember who did it, but um, from like the Georgia message board saying, do not sell your tickets to Tennessee fans. Like they're going to be coming down here in masses. Like there's going to, they're going to bring 50,000 people down here. Um, it can't be a Tennessee home game or it can't be a 70 30 split, you know, like. They just want a championship. They're number one. And don't get complacent trying to pay for your playoff tickets selling to UT fans.
0: And that's yeah. Act- accurate. Yeah. And, and Robbie, I've heard different co- claims. And this is the last thing we'll go out with. I've heard different claims. And some people have said, no, it's not true. Some of the people around the campus have said it's true. But the fact that they're investigating that if there was a seismic event around the stadium, stadium because of the amount of noise and the people rushing the field that lets you know exactly how intense that environment was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, cause, I mean, Oak Ridge, that they're the ones that monitor it and that, that's what, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I've definitely heard the reporting that, that it was registering as an earthquake. Um, you know, maybe, you know, I think Baton Rouge maybe has gotten louder, but I,
0: I can't imagine anything louder than that. At one point I looked up at the the decimal meter and it was reading, reading over 120. And I always remember 120 is the same as putting your head inside of a jet engine. Mm-hmm. So that showed you how loud it is. All right, Rob, you got any last words that we pick up with on ridiculous speculation on Wednesday?
1: Um, I mean, I guess the only thing that I I can end with is look, I'm not here to spend other people's money, um, but if you're on the fence about going to something or not going to something,
0: always go.
1: Um, just go and you never know if you may end up being there for the best game or the best atmosphere, best game you've ever seen. This is not this was not on the same Scale is that USC-Texas game um, in the Rose Bowl, but it was every much is back and forth,
0: and you just didn't know what was going to happen, who was going to win. The stakes on the USC-Texas game was a national championship. Yeah. And it's going to mean more, but regionally, uh, 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 not that any game would mean more than a national championship, but in Knoxville, Tennessee, to that 101,000 people, that was mm-hmm. loud death for 60 minutes. And I have been in Nealon Stadium since 1979. Uh, Oklahoma in uh, 16 previously was the loudest I ever heard it. Uh, this was beyond Oklahoma. Yeah, yes. It, I was at that
1: game too. This was this was different.
0: Yeah, and it was constant, never-ending, someone screaming, uh, I'll end this on the stop and we'll get the Monday Night Football that stadium used to be 50, 50 ball fans, Crimson Tide fans. Uh, if you don't think it makes a difference to get out and support your team, how many, uh, procedure penalties did Alabama have? If the Vol fans don't bring what they bring on Saturday night, I don't know if the outcome isn't different, Robbie. Um, mm-hmm. A hundred percent. If this is played in
1: Nashville, if this is played in Atlanta, if this was played in Tuscaloosa, um, all different outcomes. That's how important this crowd was. And, um, you know, we talked about, you know, I talked like earlier, like, you know, our defense had weaknesses, but you don't understand how loud it was. And they couldn't communicate either. So, Alabama offense couldn't communicate. Tennessee defense couldn't communicate. You
0: could not hear the person beside you. Yeah, it was so loud (laughs) that my friend was literally shoulder to shoulder (laughs) trying to talk to him at one point, and he could not.
1: Right, same here, yeah.
0: It was unreal, and you know what? Uh, Congratulations to Alabama. We're never going to have 19 national championships or whatever you've got or uh, Georgia, you're the defending national champion. Florida, you had the greatest run in your football history. All Everybody, you all have your history. I love the University of Tennessee, and I don't care. This was special to me. And it's like 15 years of frustration came out in 60 minutes of football, Robbie.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's for a fan base, for – even though I mean these players, you know, a lot of them don't remember the last time. And then, absolutely, uh, it, yeah, it was just you know losing to anybody, especially a proud fan base that Tennessee has. And I mean, look, this isn't a football fan base. This is a all sports fan base. Basketball matters. Lady balls. Football matters. Baseball matters. Softball matters. Like track and field we get behind almost any sport as i don't say better as well as any college uh sporting fan base in the in the country and um yeah just get beaten and getting beaten by a rival and you know for those watching on the west coast or in the midwest y'all don't understand how close um these states are and how Especially. many people we interact with that are both Alabama, Georgia fans. Like, um, Randall and I, we live probably, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes from the Alabama state line. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, a lot of, there's a lot of interaction between that people coming. So, I mean, it is a while we live in Tennessee, we live very much in a tri state area. And so, um, yeah this this area this fan base it knocks for the same way they're you know uh near Tri Tri cities and so yeah there's a lot of uh just intermingling and you see these people at work and uh it, it's it's a year-round thing and and to finally you know just have our day and uh just win
0: one yeah Literally you could leave your house and be in Georgia within five minutes. Yes. And, and from your house, you could, I think if you really wanted to go max speed, probably 15 minutes and you're in Alabama. Uh it's, it's unreal. I, I lived in Alabama, a huge chunk of my adult life. I've lived in Georgia. I've lived in Tennessee. Um, but it was fun. And, uh, and, uh, I was going to save this for Wednesday night, and we'll we'll discuss it, but I've been on my little research grind today and so I'm doing housework like I'm supposed to. No team has simultaneously held the men's baseball, basketball, and football championships. And Tennessee would be the first team, to, at first university, to ever accomplish that fact if the men's football team wins the SEC championship. So uh, it, it is something oh, – wow history so for robbie davis for randall cunningham check with us wednesday night nine o'clock reckless speculation chain tom sloan joining us from michigan and raj our west coast expert but who is
1: who is heartbroken this weekend um as it uh and i feel bad for him we've all been there but yes our Euphoria is going to be uh, the yin and yang with his disappointment over the weekend. So it'll be good. To, not good. It'll be interesting to have his perspective.
0: I, I got a, I got a troll text about the Braves on Sunday morning, and I was like, I, I can't say what I told them, but I, I had several words that were four letters in it, so, uh, it, it. And Raj loses his Dodgers and Trojans on the same night. It was a rough night for him. We'll see y'all Wednesday night. I can't wait to talk about it more. Reckless speculation, storming the In special out. See ya.